Hello and welcome back to Cottonmouth Manchester, a podcast brought to you by CityCo, the city centre management company for Manchester. In the time since we've been away, which has been about eight months, I think, an awful lot of people have launched their own podcasts. Well, I wouldn't like to say we're the original and the best, we're certainly still around. I think it's the sixth series we're about to start. The last series was very much in the depths of despair in the middle of uh, the COVID emergency, talking to people, individuals and businesses um, about how they were coping and what they were doing. Well, as I record this at the end of March, we're about to come out of lockdown once more, hopefully this time for the last time, following the government's roadmap. So the new series will be talking to people about what's changed, how they're preparing for reopening, and maybe also some of the positives, if there are any, that they can follow through and carry through from COVID. How has business changed? What's happening in the office sector? How will retailers cope with nobody can use changing rooms, at least for the next few months? What will restaurants and food providers and hospitality be doing in the light of possibly continual social distancing rules? How will digital and home entertainment change? Will, will those changes continue in the months ahead? Or will we all go back to life as it was before? First up, and because it's non-essential retail, it's opening on the 12th of April, we're talking to two retailers and one area manager of a coffee provider about the city centre, about business, about how things have changed for them, and about how their staff are coping with the end of lockdown three. If you want to get in t- contact with us, Twitter is always the best way, at Cottonmouth MCR. Talk about what you hear, talk about what you want to see, talk about anything that's happening in Manchester. I hope you enjoy it. So I'm joined by Jane Sharrocks, General Manager of Selfridges, of Paul Hales, Area Manager at Costa, and Claire Ryan, General Manager at Primark. Um, we are at point of recording about two weeks away from the reopening of non-essential retail, as it's called. So as a, as a parent of daughters aged 12 and 10, the closure of Primark is very much essential, I have to say, and, and reopening would not be seen as a non-essential. Um, and there'll be a lot of lobbying to make sure. In, in a three or four years, Jane, it will be Selfridges, I should think, that they want they to stay open during this period. Um, I know, Paul, you've been, you've been open in most of the stores, and we'll talk a bit about that um, throughout. But uh, obviously, the footfall we're expecting on the 12th, and then even more footfall into May and June, uh, will change how things happen. Um, let's just start by going around the table. Um, Jane, how's sort of lockdown been for the business? Um, how have you coped? Uh, have you seen a big move to on, online? How, how, how have people worked with you? Um. I mean, definitely picking on the point that you that you said there, Vaughan. I mean, online, obviously, I think um, through each of the lockdowns, the pivot for us of people and products who are online and and digital business has been has been key because that's the way that people um, have had to shop. I think also though about how we've um, learned so much from lockdown one to lockdown three about what virtual appointments we can do for our customers. Um, in store. Um, Not all our brands are available online um, and we recognise that. So um, we've done a lot more remote selling um, virtual appointments, which have been done through Zoom. Um, And I think like anybody, whether it's you working from home and the agility and the flexibility of your team from the way they're working. So also the same with your customers about how they've had to adapt to different ways of shopping. I think the appetite for shopping has still been there. Um, absolutely. And if anything, we've probably seen a higher spend 
Um, but it's for us predominantly our business has been online without a shadow of a doubt. And has that changed as sort of we've gone from lockdown one to lockdown three? Because I, I guess people at the first lockdown were hoping it would only be a couple of months and, and they could then get back to shopping or they could get back to whatever they were doing beforehand. Um, so, I mean, you know, there's been exponential growth in our digital business, which which would go um, without saying. I think it's probably the um, lockdown one was a lot of... Um, say essentials. So when I'm saying essentials, I know it's selfish as we're talking about, but beauty products, home products. Then you had the December lockdown, which was very much about gifting and Christmas. I think what we've probably found in the third lockdown is a lot of self-gifting. Um, I think people have been locked up for over a year. They can't go on holiday. Um, you know, I always say this about selfishes. It's, it's not what anybody needs. It's what everybody wants. And I think because people have just got a bit fatigued with the whole lockdown pandemic it's just we've just seen a massive growth in 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 self-gifting so those probably in a top line summary of the three phases we've seen of how people have shopped during these lockdowns yeah I think for most people there's a feeling that the third lockdown was two lockdowns too far and and certainly I think some of the mental health issues and possibly just saving up some money from not going on holiday and thinking well it doesn't look like I'm going to go on holiday this year either and, and I might as well spend it on something nice actually definitely disposable income because like you say people have not been able to go out spend the money go on holiday so do you know what i'm just going to treat myself (laughs) why not um claire obviously primark famously doesn't have an online offer um so so what's been happening for your business so i guess an easy answer would be polar opposite to jane um (laughs) i can't talk to you about online and therefore probably from a trade point of view I guess not much during lockdown because the sales weren't there. Um, Personally, it's been great to see stores open across the globe. So looking at their sales figures um, and trying to glean as much as you can from that to to build into our reopening plans, certainly over here. Um, I guess for us, the big changes have been in between the lockdowns, I guess, to answer your question, Vaughan. So we have gone um, from really knowing the mixes of our departments, understanding how fashion moves, understanding the rate of sale of certain product types to all of that fundamentally changing in between the lockdowns. So the key key learn was that kids grow. So it doesn't matter that the country shut down, but the kids need new shoes and the kids need new clothes. So seeing that switch from sort of women's wear fashion into kids wear essentials has been has been quite a, a substantial um, difference. And I think that's something that's a big focus for us coming out of this one. Um, not only have the kids grown, but they've gone from winter to to summer I guess this time so big changes for us in between lockdown probably from a trade and product point of view in terms of um, how we've sort of operated the whole business has shifted massively around how we how we work remotely and we've had some brilliant results from that loads of collaborative working this lockdown certainly we've 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 had loads of future focus um, because we've kind of learned how to best use our time during lockdown and sort of more operationally the stores have been continuing to be ready to open so everything's ticking along so that we can have a great 12th of April. Um, For both of you um, Selfridges and Primark um, how much has there been a disruption then in in supply as well Um, you know will we just click back into the the normal spring summer autumn winter or or will you I mean from what you're saying Claire it's actually getting more basics in for, for the families that are going to be going as well. Yeah, we certainly will be opening with a very, very much a spring summer feel. Absolutely working really hard to make sure that we've got the right offering for the customer for the right time of year, which brings its challenges. But that's what we're working on. 
Jane, has it disrupted um, sort of the traditional seasons for you, or do you think it will moving forward? I think the seasons will be will become more aligned. I think that's probably direction certainly fashion was going anyway. It was almost getting to the point where we were polar opposites. So, um, you know, we've got to glean all the positives that we can um, out of this pandemic. I do think the seasons will get more aligned. I think the fashion world were wanting to do that anyway. And I think this pandemic will will bring that forward. So um, very much that that um, what Claire was saying, we were very much open in a spring, summer. Um, historically, we would go into summer sale in June. Yep. And um, that is under review because that feels terribly, terribly early um, after reopening in April. So all of that's been reviewed. Um, so I haven't got the actual actual answers, but I definitely get the feeling amongst fashion that is what is going to happen. Okay. Thank you. Paul, you, you've had stores, in particular Market Street, has been open most of the time. Now it closed in the first lockdown, yeah. didn't it? Um, yeah. What's the what's the experience for you been like? Presumably um, much reduced trade, but continuing to tick over. Yeah, it has been much reduced trade. Uh, and I think for us, the city centre has been particularly hard affected, uh, more so than some of the outlying towns like Didsbury, Salford and Chalton that didn't see quite the decline that we've seen in the city centre. Um, for, for our business as a whole, it was a drive through sector. Uh, saw huge growth uh, in each one of the lockdowns. So we, we opened our drive throughs first uh, back in April, between April and May. Um, so, so, so we're certainly seeing growth from there. But interestingly, within the city centre, we, we've benefited from uh, delivery, which we, we've grown hugely uh, using all three delivery partners, uh, all three of the main delivery partners now, um, and also our collect. So everything, all our digital channels have continued to grow. We're about to trial curbside where people can, uh, customers can order, and uh, we bring it to to their car in certain locations. So all the digital channels are, are, are the sections that have been relatively new to us. We only introduced them about two years ago, uh, and obviously we, we we grew them hugely across all stores um, in the last. 12 months and they, and they continue to grow well. And I think post-COVID, um, we'll still continue to see growth across our uh, digital channels. Uh, for the third lockdown, we closed very, very few stores, only really the stores that we had to close, the concession stores. Um, the vast majority remained open, even though some weren't profitable. And the simple reason for that was that um, when we came to reopen our stores from April last year, it was nearly six months from beginning to end to get suppliers uh, aligned, um, maintenance, the, the, our various maintenance contractors aligned for, for uh, re for engineering within the machinery. Um, so because of that, we, we chose that it was uh, it was better for us not to actually um, close stores. So uh, even though some were unprofitable, and even within the city centre, that was the case in places like the Arndale, um, we still kept them open um, throughout most of the lockdown, if not all of it. And and did you move staff around? Did as you got busier at Didsbury or wherever? Did you did you move staff out of some of the city centres yes. down there? It's a, uh, was, was market right. operating on one person for some of the time? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, it's, it never operates on less than two. Uh, <laughs> that was a really good point because we wanted to retain as many as many team as possible. So um, we did uh, use team in other stores such as Didsbury uh, and particularly uh, Media City, which has actually seen double digits uh, growth every week 
bizarrely, um, and uh, and the drive-throughs, of course, which are, have seen huge growth. So we did actually have an embargo on recruitment for twelve months, uh, and unfortunately, we did lose some some team in October. Um, but throughout each of the lockdowns, we have tried to retain them either by redeploying them in other stores. Some have been redeployed to new stores, uh, and also we have used some flexi furlough scheme. Um, in the summer, but in, in the latest lockdown, we, we have tried to avoid that by utilising team in other stores. And then as we look towards April the 12th, what, I mean, what are you doing to prepare for reopening, presumably bringing some more staff back into the city centre stores and um, yeah. ready, to, ready to operate and actually have some people sitting down around your store rather than yes. just being purely takeaway? Yeah, well, well the, the advantage to the, some of the city centre stores, such as the Arndale being so quiet, is we, we're actually currently using it as a training centre for new teams bringing on board. Uh, and we we reopened we, we our uh, recruitment portal last month, so uh, towards the end of February, and we've been inundated with um, applications for those roles. Um, so since since then, we've taken quite a few people on board, quite a few team new team members. They're currently training in the Arndale and Trafford Centre, which is equally as quiet, uh, with a view that they'll disperse into the the city centre uh, from the twelfth of April. Claire, uh, what about Primark? I mean, I know the last couple of couple of lockdowns we've come out of, you've opened sort of early on the first day, knowing that you're going to have a, a queue around. Uh, have you already brought in, brought back most of your staff? Are, are they in store at the moment? And sort of what are your plans for that first week, first couple of weeks? Will will people see something very different in in, in terms of Primark? So um, pretty much the same as the previous openings, full reinduction for the colleagues before we open. Um, as you can imagine, the demand's quite high for the first few days. So it's really important to us to equip the team properly. So refresher on all of our COVID training, but also additional reinvestment because it has been a long time. Um, and really, I think for all of us um, in non-essential retail, if you look at the 12 months, seven months of them, the colleagues haven't been working. So it's really important to make sure from a welfare point of view, investing the time to get them ready um not just training it's more around welfare conversation and well-being um so, so that's the plan um all ready to go from the 12th as we've done previously it's all about managing capacity for us so not particularly opening early but if we need to to alleviate queues in terms of the high street then, then we will do um it's all about just making sure everybody gets through safely and jane what about you are your staff back are they are they ready to go yeah, I mean, we've had, um, in the third lockdown, we've probably had more team members continually working than we've had in, in the previous two. And most of that was just, has just been the demand for personal shopping and, and, and virtual selling. Um, similar to Claire, we've been bringing them back over the, the last three weeks. And I think it's, it's, pro- it's probably three things for the teams, really. Just making sure they're fully in the know, and that's making sure that we're communicating everything we're doing around the government updates, the health and safety measures. Um, Making sure that they feel confident, confident and comfortable. Again, same as Claire said, it's, it's definitely about the well-being. These people, you know, the last time they installed, there were still baubles up in the store. There were lots of things have changed. Um, even just space changes, you know, unfortunately for us, you know, we we did dedicate space to Topshop. You know, there's work that's had to go on there. Um, you know, luckily for us, we are opening some new exciting pl- and spaces, but just making sure they feel comfortable to return to work and be really clear on how we're operating the store, both for them and, and for customers. But then thirdly, it's just getting them excited again, um, you know, building up the anticipation of reopening um, content, training, videos, um, and a bit of fun along the way as well, especially for opening week. And 
uh, we'll go around and talk to, to, talk to each of you. But for the staff, is there some trepidation about coming back in? I know we've done this a couple of times, but it still feels feels a very weird time, doesn't it? And, you know, even with people coming in in masks and, and, and so on, you know, there is uncertainty about it. What can you do to allay those fears? I think it's about comms. I, w- I, would, I would probably say the three questions that we've had um, whilst bringing the teams back is definitely, um, and I think we were all challenged with customers that weren't particularly adhering particularly to the face mask um, pre-Christmas. That that was a challenge for us. So um, the teams have definitely wanted some um, pacifying and reassuring about that. Secondly, about um, obviously the COVID uh, vaccine, real positive about that just a little bit nervousness about you know there are probably more people having some side effects and you know what's going to be our our um, procedure around that and then thirdly will we be providing lateral tests which um we will be doing so um i think they're very happy with the social distancing the capacity of the store the measures we've put in place etc etc i think those are probably the net are the three key questions that we've been asked um whilst we've been bringing the team back this time okay um Claire, I mean, do, do you do you have to do specific training, presumably for you know how how you're managing people coming in, whether they're in masks or whether they're not, and they're, you know there's opportunity for confrontation there. But um, I know we're in the third time of doing this now, but you know, is there a feeling that staff are more confident about it this time, um, actually understanding what's going to happen, actually confident that you know we're not going to be closing down again in a couple of months, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, I think um, I, I, the amount of times I've said, this is it, guys, this is it. <laughs> and if I believe it or I don't believe it, I still keep saying it. Um, I, you know, I think the colleagues and the customers are essentially the same. Our colleagues are our customers, our customers are our colleagues. So hopefully the sentiment around we need to all work together to to make a difference will echo more so from our colleagues than it, uh, apologies, our customers than it has done previously. I think there was probably a level of... Um, unknown and perhaps no one quite believed we'd be back in this situation I don't think third time was the worst <laughs> I don't think anybody wants to go back there so hopefully there'll be a mutual understanding and it will be a lot easier to gain the buy-in from the customers um, and just reinforcing all the government messages um, and, and our and our company policies really around how we are trying to support everyone and um, very much we're all in it together and this is it we're not going back <laughs> Uh, and I guess I mean you're the largest employer in in, in retail, uh, just in terms of numbers. Um, so, you know, managing if if a, a few members of staff do come down with it or or are having to isolate um, is presumably quite a huge juggling act as well. Managing all that, it's a new health and safety challenge, isn't it? Which is we've not had to deal with before. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and I think it's just really important to, to make sure all of the supportive measures we put in place, the, the colleagues are aware of. So, you know, if, if they do, they are in that circumstance that they're alerting us and, and we're managing it as per our procedures to minimise the disruption to everybody, really. So I, I do feel like that's something we've road tested quite a lot. So hopefully there'll be less, less of those cases now, the vaccines on, on a roll. Yeah, there certainly seems to be some optimism. Um, Paul, you know, though you've been, been open, obviously you're going to have more more people, a lot more people coming in, hopefully. Uh, you're going to be hoping so anyway. Um, yeah. what, what are you actually putting in place in, in terms of health and safety measures for customers, but also for, for staff? 
Yeah, so our, our processes have remained in place throughout. So we have uh, screens that were introduced right at the very beginning and, uh, and other measures that we've got in place. And I think from our team's perspective, it was lockdown one that we had um, the biggest issues with people wanting to return. And initially, we, we asked people to return if they felt comfortable to. And then we, we, we kind of had to say, we need you back now because of, of how busy the store is. I think the, for us, the issues are around uh, people are about to go on maternity leave uh, and the business did recognise that. And we uh, introduced uh, a policy whereby at, at 28 weeks pregnant, although you wouldn't normally go on maternity leave at that stage, we would plug the gap in pay uh, from 28 weeks uh, until your maternity starts, uh, which alleviated a lot of uh, pressure from people. Uh, from people who were about to go on maternity leave and they were very happy that we introduced that. The, the other one that I think is probably bigger for us and, and, and possibly for Jane and Claire as well, because it's not something we've had to address since March, are people who were extremely critically vulnerable because um, the furlough schemes essentially coming to an end for, for those as well. And uh, I think that's where we, we've got a bit more of a concern because those, in many instances, those people have been off work now for over a year. Uh, and to be able to ease them back into a working environment and to be comfortable with coming back to work, um, I, I think is, is going to be a bit of a challenge for us. And what we've done uh, ourselves is we've reached out to each of those individuals and talked to them um, to arrange pre-visits, to talk through what measures we've got in place, what roles that they're comfortable with. Um, and what reasonable adjustments we, we can make to, to help to ease them back into, into the workplace. But I, I'd say that, that that's probably our biggest concern at the moment. Yeah, and generally, I think for, for a lot of people, um, even if some of the businesses have been open here here and there, actually, a lot of people have just haven't been into the city centre for a year. So that's going to be yeah. a, a very strange experience. If, you, if you're vulnerable and you've been isolating for most of that time, it's going to be a doubly strange experience, isn't it? Yeah, and, and I think the public transport has been a, a, an issue in each of the lockdowns. The, um, the hesitation to actually return onto public transport to come to and from work, which so many of our teams are reliant on. Um, but actually, once they get into the routine of it, um, in the majority of cases, it's been absolutely fine. Yeah, I mean, you talked a lot about sort of changes, Paul, during during the uh, the last twelve months. Move obviously to moves to delivery and so on. How much how much do you think of that will stay? Um, you know, you had you had a fairly extensive sort of food and um, offer as well. Do you, will you still be delivering that? Are there some thoughts about how that might be changed over the ne- next few months? Yeah, it was. It's interesting because uh, the wider business perceives um, still huge growth to come from the digital channels, and a lot of our marketing is very much geared towards uh, people using our app to make purchases in store, um, and, and also the, the, to invest more, even more in the delivery channels because of how successful they've been. So. We're actually, I, I, I definitely see a decline in takeaway. We've always seen a decline in takeaway sales once we go back to eating and we've just been able to have outside seating as well uh, from the 12th. Um, we'll inevitably see a, a slight decline in takeaway, which will continue to decline through eating. But we, we actually foresee a, a growth in our other digital channels. So uh, curbside, for example, that I mentioned before, um, the delivery um, and um, collect, which is in store and collect at table, uh, which is another initiative we're introducing all around the, these digital channels. So um, that is still the biggest area that we're, that we're expecting to see growth on over the, the next two years. And do you think if some of those 
prove to be really strong, presumably those will be maintained by the business. And Yes, yeah. It, 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 interestingly, they were never intended to be trials. Uh, the cur- well, I say that curbside was, but the delivery ones were never intended to be to be trials. So um, they were being trialed initially, um, and then um, they, 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 they they were just rolled out straight away, really, from the uh, from April last year, and will continue to be rolled out. So 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 they they they're definitely now business as usual for us, and and they do represent quite a substantial amount of income for forecaster. Uh, so I think, if anything, it will grow more and more. So we've only recently introduced Just Eat in the last couple of weeks. Uh, and that's again, has been very successful. And we haven't seen the decline in our other two um, delivery channels um, whilst we've had Just Eat. So I think, if anything, we'll, we'll be looking to extend it into more stores to alleviate some of the pressure of the city centre, because we've got 14 stores in the city centre, but only two of them currently have um, delivery, uh, which isn't an issue because they're quiet enough to accommodate it. But at some point in time, we're, we're going to have to um, introduce more stores onto it to alleviate some of the pressure on the, on the stores that currently do delivery. And presumably that will be available to offices and office workers as much as it is to people um, yes yeah as much where as the real money yeah. will be <laughs> yeah and this and i think that's where I, I think you're right because in the city center um we've been we've done well on delivery but it, it's nothing compared to the money that we've been taking in Salford uh, and on delivery because uh of the number of homes that are quite close by and there's there's less competition in the city in in the outskirts as there is in in the city center so those in particular uh, and our store at Oxford Road for students saw uh, huge growth um, when they introduced delivery. I don't know what we'll do with the office juniors in future if they can't be sent out for coffee because you can just get it <laughs> delivered in. <laughs> I'll find a new yeah. job for them. Um, Jane, you were talking uh, over the last last lockdown particularly about um, that massive growth in, in sort of remote personal shopping. Do you see that that's likely to continue as another strand? I mean, obviously, people are going to want to come back, but there, there are other services that you've you've been able to develop or, or maximise over the past twelve months. Yeah, I mean, you know, vir- virtual shopping is, is is certainly one. I think also events is another one that we've we've moved more digitally. We, you know, we're known for doing um, events and experiences. Um, so, for instance, we did flower arranging classes during um, Mother's Day. We've done um, uh, fragrance events. We've got Easter events coming up. Um, I think probably now the vaccine's rolling out, though, and um, people particularly ready to wear have probably not shopped that for a long time. Um, I think people just, now there's hope on the horizon. I think people just want to get dressed up again. Um, and there's definitely an element, though, of people want to come into shop and try on the clothes. Um, so, of course, there's always going to be people that are nervous, but I do think with the the hope that's out there with 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 the vaccine, I do think there's we are going to see more people physically come into store. Um, you, you, you know, for us in store, we've got over 120 appointments booked um, for the opening two weeks. Um, you know, w- which is fantastic. So that just goes to show the appetite of people, um, and then also, you know, just you know the things that people have definitely missed, like hair nails eyebrows i mean our our eyebrow bar i mean flipping heck you know what i mean um <laughs> so it's, it's unbelievable so that, so i do think um i think this time because of the hope i think people are more happy to come back into store than they probably were in the previous lockdowns 
Um, and Claire, I mean, there are still going to be some restrictions, um, you know, controls over changing rooms and, and that sort of thing. So um, do you think that's going to have a negative effect or do you just think there's going to be so much desire to, for, for people to come back? And, and, and you know, how, how is your business going to be, be changed by some of the experiences of the last 12 months, do you think? Um, in, in terms of the challenges around fitting rooms, you know, there's no hiding from the fact that people want to touch things, which is what Jane's saying about the hope that people will return to stores. So um, it, it is about seeing things in the flesh. I think customers are perhaps used to buying things without trying them on with an online focus. So at the minute, perhaps they're not missing it, but it'd be great if we can return to a place where a shopping experience is truly, you know, that whole piece of just remember being younger and going with all your mates and trying on hundreds of things and buying a Primark top or, or whatever. So hopefully that's not too far away. Um, I think the short term will be massive change. Um, the long term, there's always been change around from how the high street's changing anyway. Um, and that will kind of kick back in once the COVID thing hopefully starts to alleviate. So for me, I suppose it's really understanding specific to Manchester um, the phases of the roadmap and what that means from a commercial point of view so you know mindset isn't on holidays at the moment it's about staying local um, but mindset might shift to holidays as soon as announcements and roadmaps change so it's just keeping really close to that and being agile to be able to accommodate everything the customer wants and I suppose for me I guess the most important thing is that our customers can't perhaps go too far so it's about making them fall back in love with Manchester and remember why they used to shop in our stores and be on our high street and making sure when we open we open with with a bang I suppose and we're all aligned to make sure that it's it's the best experience because these people live live on our doorstep so let's let's look after them that would be a brilliant message for ending on wouldn't it but um we're going going on for another couple of minutes um <laughs> I, I, th- I think though to though to build on that i mean more generally what your sort of um hopes for your business paul um in in how it can grow and how it can develop you know obviously there's still fears about what might happen with a with a, another wave or whatever um but you know how do you think your sector will will change and be changing over the next 12 months I, th- I think it's hard uh, for our industry at the moment with the lack of offices. So, so it, it's it's really an unknown question at the moment, and, and one that we've all sort of toyed with, particularly in the city centres. And I said before that the city centres have been significantly more affected than um, out, out towns outside of the city centre. Um, and I think a lot of it does rest with what will now happen with um, offices. Uh, so we we see a, a particular dip, even when uh, retail reopened after the previous lockdowns, we saw a huge dip still in morning uh, and afternoon, late afternoon trade. Um, and, and it's essentially office workers that our industry is very reliant on. Uh, and we've got certain locations, as do all the coffee brands that are specifically in office locations that, have, have, of course, have taken a huge hit. Uh, from not having them. So one of the things that we're very uncertain of um, going forward is what will happen with those sorts of locations. And I, I think that's also had a knock-on effect for uh, landlords uh, because certainly ourselves and, and other um, businesses in our sector uh, are more reluctant about uh, taking on those sorts of uh, units that, that were uh, sure bets for us um, in the past. Uh, so that that's definitely one that we we um, are concerned about. 
the, the other thing as well that I thought was worth mentioning is um, one thing that I think will impact us later down the line is our, our team's view of working within the sector, whether uh, the lockdowns that they've all encountered will actually be the catalyst. And we have started to see this for them to seek employment in alternative industries uh, and others uh, wanting to take up travel opportunities. Uh, because I think similar to retail, the majority of our, our teams are under 25 uh, and therefore um, are not necessarily seeing this as a career in the same way as, as perhaps they had done before. Um, and I think that that could be further compounded for us by the reduction in labour from the EU. We haven't seen it yet. Um, we certainly have plenty of applicants coming forward, but it's one thing that I think um, could, could have a, an impact for us in the long run. Yeah, I'd be interested to see if you get a short-term boost in terms of the number of applicants, simply because obviously there are other closures and other jobs yeah. in, in the retail and service sector um, have gone, uh, and whether that actually becomes a, a long-term issue, as you, as you say, with, with lack of European, um, and uh, when we're allowed to travel with those people wanting to actually travel for the first time in three years. Yeah. It could be a short-term a short opportunity in a, a long-term um, whatever the yeah, and that's right. certainly at the moment on the vacancies we have raised, we, we, one on Market Street, we had 300 applicants in 24 hours. So we had to close it. It was more than we could uh, manage in one go, which we, we did put extra resource into managing that quantity. But it was very interesting because we'd normally, for a, a vacancy like that, expect around 25 uh, people, maybe less, but to have 300 in 24 hours was quite incredible for us. Were they all trained baristas? Yes. <laughs> There's going to be millions of barristers soon in, all across the country. Yes. I mean, Claire, do you, do you feel that your customer base is, is going to change or is it going to continue to be that, that local regional audience um, who, who shop regularly with you? Um, not particularly any major changes. I suppose you can't ignore the fact we've had some big players gone from the high street, so perhaps... We might have some some of those customers that haven't shopped with us before, or we might shop with us more regularly um, because there's that. Sort Are you of doing anything to attract those people in from the likes of Debenhams? And... Where my secrets from? Oh, that's true. Okay, <laughs> I'll ask you after the twelfth. <laughs> I'll give you a preview on the morning of the twelfth. No, I think it's really important to just make sure that we're showcasing the best of what we've got and and really reacting to what the customer needs and and just making sure everything is safe, quick, efficient, and and you know and delivers all of our, our brand priorities. I think that's been a challenge, I think, is making sure we're doing the right thing, but still pushing all of the things that are important. So it'd be great for us to, to move forward with that and, and excite and delight the customer again. And you see it all over social media. Everybody's desperate to come to Primark Manchester. So <laughs> I just hope they come. Which is a great sign. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, Jane, one of the, I guess one of the biggest challenges for you over the next um, 12, 18 months is, is going to be the reduction in, in international tourists, particularly. Um, sort of how, how are you coping with that and how are you building up other parts of the, the business to, to deal with that? Um, yeah, I mean, it's probably been, in some respects, a double blow. I mean, obviously the pandemic and then obviously the um, the fact that we won't be giving um, VAT refunds to our international customers now also um, will impact will impact the travel. At least we've come through the first year, so to speak. I know that we weren't open for the for the full year, but we've 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 we were already feeling the effects before the first lockdown of lack of international travel. Um, you know, it, it goes without saying whether it's international or domestic. It's just that, you know, 
the message needs to be, whether it's from your brand or it's from the city, that we're here to keep customers safe and we just want to take the stress out of shopping. Um, and I think Manchester is a great place to do that. I think um, we're just trying, you know, we have got a local customer. We're very lucky in the city centre that there's, there's a lot of people that live in the city centre um, and on the outskirts. And it's about attracting them. I think the messages for us is that we are more than just a shop. The different experiences and collaborations that we do, um, the exclusive product that we do. Um, we're, we're going out with a really strong creative scheme. So where we do normally three creative schemes a year, we're just going out with one for the whole year, which is around um, good nature. And it's just taking inspiration from nature and um, healing plow- powers and just making selfish is a, a pleasure to be in for the next 12 months. Um, and then just around as we as we come out of lockdown, how can we step forward those experiences and social interactions? So um, for us as well, it's it's very much being engaged in the local community. So we will again be partnering with the Manchester International Festival so we can see synergy there. Um, I think long term, um, it, you can look at it as exciting as well. I think retail has got to reinvent itself. Um, and I think the, the other thing we need to remember is that underpinning all of this, which was a, which is a bigger theme even before the pandemic, was all around sustainability. And really, probably longer term, it's how people, products and the planet can all live together harmoniously because fashion was under the, the limelight from, yeah. from perspective. And I think although we've had some, you know, we've had the pandemic that's been in our way, I think we've probably not got, we can't forget the bigger, the bigger issues that are out there that also need tackling. Yeah. And then looking forward, again, going around the table, um, if we look sort of 12 months ahead, um, March, April 2022, I mean, where would you like to see the business? Where would you like to see the city? Paul? I think there was two things on that for me. First of all, um, I, I think we've, we've got a, quite a challenge in the next three to six months to encourage uh, customers back into the city centre for a variety of different reasons. One, because... Um, out of habit, they used to go into their their local towns um, on the outskirts. They've rediscovered some of the local towns that they may not have have previously regular visited regularly visited. So I think that's a challenge uh, for us. Uh, so I, I'd definitely like to see us uh, having a boost in the next three to six months. And then the other big one, which particularly affects our sector, and I do think there's a knock on effect for retail as well, um, is uh, the offices returning. Um, so. It's who knows in terms of uh, what companies will decide in terms of is it 50% working from home, is it 50% from the office, 100% from the office, what that will look like. Um, The fear is that these businesses or businesses have got so used to um, operating with their teams working from home for so long that um, it could become the norm. And I think that that could have um, an effect on the the city centre um, for quite some time. So my hope is that um, that's not the case, that, that businesses will want to return to the city centre. Um, I, I have a feeling that when the city centre reopens, particularly with that hospitality and the opportunity to, to have a, a glass of wine with lunch or on a Friday afternoon um, when, when the office finishes, um, will be enough to start to entice people back into wanting to work in the city centre again. I suppose you're, you're lucky in your business in that if the city centre isn't doing so well, it tends to mean that the, the stores in the suburbs and the drive throughs probably are doing well. Yes, it does. 
but the, but the volume that we see in the, the stores in the city centre, particularly with the two stores on uh, Market Street, um, is always and will always be considerably more than than the ones on the outskirts. And as you can imagine, the uh, cost to run the stores in the city centre is also considerably higher than um, the likes of uh, Didsbury, Oxford Road, um, etc. So. Um, economically, we uh, it makes sense to 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 grow the city centre again. Claire, same same question to you. Where where would you like to be in in twelve months' time? Um, I, very 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 similar, I suppose. I'd really like to see the shift from need to be in the city for a reason or circumstance that it's about engaging with the whole city and everything interlinking. You move from an event to a shop to a restaurant. Are, um, seamlessly and I think there's been some great initiatives from Manchester joining up the network and making transport better and making some of our environments better and it'd be really great to be in a position where we can showcase them um, to, to both people from Manchester and, and hopefully back back out further tourism etc so I just think there's been some great going on that's on hold and it's just be great to get some traction behind it keep building on it instead of I suppose making compromises and having to pick what we're doing. It's about building on it and, and working in these forums to, to really get Manchester booming again. Thank you. And, and finally, Jane, um, are you optimistic about the next two years, three years? Um, and and um, what, what do we need yeah. to do to make, to make the city centre work and for it to work for Selfridges? Again, I think it's, um, you know, it's, it's about Manchester being a destination. I've, I've always loved, loved the fact that we've, We've never tried to to put ourselves against London. We want to be a destination in our own right. And there's so much going for the city centre, whether that's sports, culture, and particularly the culture side of things. I think with factory coming, et cetera, et cetera, there's going to, from a cultural point of view, I think there's going to be a lot to talk about in the city in the next few years. Um, You'd hope within 12 months, we're looking at something very similar to what Paul and Claire are saying, something around where we were in in 2019. Um, I think we've got to benchmark ourselves against something. But I think what we'll we'll learn over the the next 12 months is is reinventing the way we work um, because I think customers' behaviours are going to change. I think for us, it's it's being able to adapt to that change and making sure that our people and our products are flexible, agile and responsive to that. Um, we certainly don't want another lockdown, but I think we're going to learn a lot in the next 12 months. And I think um, let, let's 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 use it the, t- the time to learn. So then in 12 months time, we will absolutely be ready to go. Excellent. Thank you all very much indeed.